Hi, welcome to Queerly There, part of the Not Safe for Work podcast network. I'm Rowan, your host and resident angry queer nerd. Let's get to it. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's been bothering me. As queers, we know we aren't well represented in media and throughout pop culture. We're stereotyped, sidelined, killed off, silenced, and erased. I'll be covering a lot of these mistreatments and tropes in later episodes, but today's topic is the sexuality that must not be named. Bisexuality. Yep, that's right. The B in LGBT is not only frequently ignored, it almost seems that film and TV characters are afraid to speak it. We're defining bisexuality here as an attraction or the potential to be attracted to two or more genders. When a fictional character meets these criteria through their past or current relationships and their expressed actions, it seems pretty cut and dried. This is, finally, the much-looked-for bisexual character. Not so. It seems scriptwriters go out of their way to avoid the word bisexual. Before I go any further, let me make a few things clear. Firstly, this episode will contain spoilers, so watch out for that. Secondly, I'm not saying that characters, or anyone else for that matter, have to label their sexuality. I'm not saying that sexuality can't be fluid. Many people have coming out stories where they thought they were attracted to one gender and then realise they're attracted exclusively to another. That's fine. What I'm talking about here is the seemingly willful avoidance of mentioning the word bisexual when characters express themselves as fitting the definition of bisexuality. Let's go through a few examples of what I mean. How to Get Away with Murder, Season 1, Episode 3, Smile or Go to Jail. It's revealed that Michaela's fiancé Aiden has had a past sexual relationship with Connor Walsh. When Michaela confronts Aiden and asks him if he's gay, he repeatedly says that he isn't, but the possibility of him being bisexual doesn't ever come up. This scene treats sexuality as a binary choice. You're either gay or straight, nothing in between. Michaela's fear that Aiden will cheat on her seems more rooted in a fear or disgust of his potential to be sexually attracted to men as she never questioned their relationship's monogamy that we know of before this point. This stereotype has its own issues, of course, which I'll delve into later. You might argue that not mentioning bisexuality in this context is Michaela's ignorance and biphobia. Aiden isn't bothering to explain or maybe doesn't even know the word himself. However... Aiden isn't the only character that has experienced attraction to at least two genders on the show. Annalise Keating herself has had sexual relationships with both men and women, and the audience sees evidence of two of these relationships having romantic and dating overtones. Maybe Annalise doesn't want to label herself, you say. Maybe she's straight and was experimenting. Maybe you need more evidence of this trend. In Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
Willow Rosenberg, everyone's favourite 90s witch, other than Sabrina, of course, has romantic and sexual relationships with both men and women. In Willow's case, she declares herself 100% lesbian when she begins dating Tara and doesn't date another man for the rest of the series. Perhaps this makes Willow a clear-cut case. Not knowing she had the option of being gay, she assumed she was straight. I'd be cool with that. It parallels many real-life stories. But again, the word bisexual is never mentioned as a possibility. And, frankly, Willow's dismissal of her past sexual and romantic attraction to men seems disingenuous to me. I can buy it in regards to Xander. He was her best friend, and she assumed she loved him romantically because society told her that's what's supposed to happen between boys and girls. But Oz? Willow is the one who pursues their sexual relationship ardently and is genuinely heartbroken when he leaves. Further, alternate universe vampire Willow expresses equal sexual attraction to both men and women. Though, I guess you could argue that's because all genders have blood. Disagree that Willow meets the bi-criteria? The bi-teria? Maybe so, but the possibility still could have been mentioned. Let's look at another example. So far, I've been talking about characters with past expression of attraction to one gender and a future expressed attraction to another. How about characters with current sexual or romantic attraction to at least two genders? In season one of Netflix series You, Me, Her, a married couple, Jack and Emma, hire an escort named Izzy to spice up their sex life. Sounds like a boring and heteronormative premise, but... The trio fall in love, and then decide to enter into a polyamorous relationship, despite the pressures to conform to heteronormativity from their friends and family. However, Emma and Izzy, despite being in love with and having sex with both Jack and each other, neither of them identify as bisexual. There is a moment where Emma discusses her attraction to women with Jack on their kitchen floor. It's painful to watch the script dance around the word bisexual. The closest Emma ever gets to saying it is, she's not my first woman, or even my second. I have to make an addendum here. When this episode was first recorded, there was only one season of You, Me, Her. Since then, a whole new season has come out. After marathoning the whole thing in one afternoon, I am absolutely thrilled to tell you that the word bisexual is mentioned seven times. At first, I was concerned because it's used in the context of implying that Emma can't actually be bi, she must be gay. But later on, both Emma and Izzy identify themselves as bisexual, and Emma adds that her sexuality is fluid. This is brilliant, natural, and oh so simple to add, and I'm really pleased that Netflix did it. Okay, happy moment over. Let's get back to the way that the word is avoided. Here's another Netflix example where they didn't do it, and they so easily could have. You knew it was coming. Orange is the new black. I had such high hopes for this show. A cast made up of women of colour, several queer characters, and even trans and non-binary cast members. Yet, Despite Piper's sexual and romantic relationships with men, women, and non-binary people, the closest she ever comes to saying the word bisexual is when she says, I like hot girls, and I like hot boys. I like hot people. What can I say? I'm shallow.
Not by. Not pen. Shallow. Now, this next example is a bit of a tricky one, but I'm going to say it anyway because I just really want to talk about this character. Jadzia Dax from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, my mini-gendered alien space wife. She has romantic and implied sexual relationships with men and another multi-gendered trill whose host currently identifies as female. Dax is a complex case, worth a whole episode of their own, and one that I hope I'll get to do eventually. I can see why human sexuality labels wouldn't necessarily apply to Trill. Why would they bother with them? Yet, it's still disappointing that even Star Trek, which has worked so hard at being progressive and inclusive of so many identities, shies away from saying the word bisexual. Now, at this point, I took to Twitter and asked a couple of you if you could think of any characters that might fit my bi terrier where the word bisexual isn't mentioned. The ones that I got in response were several. Uh, here are just a few. Zan from Farscape. Lisbeth Salander from Girl Who Played With Fire. Xena, Warrior Princess. Cosima from Orphan Black. Carol from Friends. Rachel in Imagine Me and You, Inara from Firefly, and we've got a couple of Game of Thrones examples here. There's Daenerys, which is more explicit in the book, especially in contrast to Cersei's experience of sex with both men and women. Cersei isn't keen. Danny is described as very keen. Uh, the other one worthy of note is the Martells, specifically Oberon Martell. Now, he doesn't say the word bisexual, but he is very clear about liking men and women sexually equally. Uh, with Game of Thrones, you could argue that... Well, I've had a lot of people argue that it's anachronistic. To that, I say dragons are anachronistic. Um, but since we are going with a, with a fictional time, you might say that it's against the flavour of the world. So I'll just carry on with my list. So we've also got Jessica in Kissing Jessica Steen, Maureen in Rent, Captain Jack in Doctor Who. Um, there's a couple of characters from Mortal Instruments. I'm not too familiar with the series, so forgive me if this is incorrect, but we've got Helen, Mark, and Magnus. And then there's also Daria in Go Fish. So that's at least 20 characters, and those aren't all, I'm sure. Now, as I said earlier, you might disagree that any of these characters are bisexual, given their individual arcs. They might have a fluid sexuality. They might be pan or omnisexual. They might not like labels. They might come from a culture and a time where those labels don't apply. The problem is not how an individual character identifies, though. The problem is that bisexuality is never mentioned, even when a character has expressed attractions that might be aligned with our bi-terrier. And it's not like anyone's running around saying the words pansexual or omnisexual either, by the way. By the way. <laughs> it's not even a possibility that these characters are bi. And this kind of erasure really hurts. And I'm not just talking about the sore throat I get when screaming, 
The word you're looking for is bisexual. As the script fumbles its way through a conversation that could be significantly shorter if a character was allowed to say that word. Lack of representation can lead to people feeling lost, alone, and confused. For bisexuals, not seeing themselves in media can mean they feel forced to put themselves in a box. Pick one, boy or girl. The pressure of this pick one dichotomy is really harmful. Characters that bisexual people might relate to can't even say who they are. They're shallow, they're cheaters, they're just experimenting. It's temporary. Relationships with the same gender aren't real. They're slutty, they're whores, they're evil, they're doing it for attention, they're beyond labels, and so on. With some characters, bisexuality, or implied bisexuality in the case of How to Get Away with Murder, is brought up in a way that says it's not real. No one can actually be bi, they must secretly be gay somehow. It seems that scripts work extra hard to label their characters as anything but bi, and most of it a negative stereotype about bi people. So, if you feel like you might be bi, and you're looking for someone to confirm or validate these feelings for you, all you find is a bunch of characters who are promiscuous, accused of cheating, villainous, and so on. It sucks. All this junk is inferred about bi people while simultaneously denying that they exist. Use the word bisexual. Without it, pejoratives and stereotypes swarm to fill the gap in the script. At best, it's confusing for viewers and characters alike. At worst, it propagates harmful stereotypes. Stories are there to teach us about ourselves, for escape, to hold a mirror to the pieces of ourselves. It's no good if some of us are missing. As Dumbledore said, fear of the name only increases fear of the thing itself. If we speak the sexuality that must not be named, maybe it'll stop seeming so much like a scary villain and more like we're real people. That's it for today's episode. Quick shout out to shows that do actually mention bisexual. Yumi Her, season two, so happy when that finally happened. And there's an independent YouTube series called Inconceivable by This Is A Spoon Studios about a young lesbian and a heterosexual man who end up having a child together. Now, it turns out that neither of the main characters are bisexual, but at least they mention the words. So check it out if you've got a moment. Don't forget to tune in next time for when I discuss another sexuality notoriously missing from pop culture. Thanks so much to Saf and the team here at the Not Saf for Work podcast network. Head on over to notsafforwork.com to listen to some of the other fantastic podcasts we have available. You can sign up for our mailing list over there, and please follow us on Twitter at NSFWpodcasts so you don't miss out on any new updates. Thanks to my awesome buddy Danny for writing the theme song and then performing it. And thank you to my friend Bo Moore for helping out with our beautiful album art.
If you like Bo's art, please head on over to www.bowmore.net to see more of it and maybe commission her. She's brilliant, well worth the money. And please go check out Danny's Twitter, at Danny Yurukova. That's Y-O-U-R-U-K-O-V-A. Let them know how much you enjoyed the song. We came up with it together over a nice cup of tea, and I'm sure they'd be thrilled to hear that you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. Please let us know what you thought of this episode by rating it or leaving a review. Talk to you next time.